Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filibusters. Mike here along with John. That would be me. We're back. We are. We're back. Hey, what are we doing today? We're talking about women's empowerment today. That's an awesome thing. So we have two people here that worked on the Women's March in Vancouver. We have Terry Niles and Carmen McKibben. So I'd like you to introduce yourselves and talk about what you did. So we'll start with Terry. Okay, my name is Terry Niles. I um, I am one of the organizers, along with uh, some other uh, community um, activists in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put on the Women's March in Vancouver this year. Um, it kind of uh, sprung up... You know, very organically and grassroots. When we uh, when it, we realized that Portland wasn't going to have a march, but then we also realized that um, we the women in Vancouver wanted to, wanted to have one. They wanted to have mm-hmm. one with their own uh, community coming out and their own community speaking speaking out. So on January eighteenth, we uh, got together at Esther Short Park. We had um, representations from. Um, women in our community, mm-hmm. and um, we spoke out, and we rose up, and we rose up for each other. Nice, nice. Carmen? Hello, everybody. My name is Carmen McKibben, and uh, I jumped along the, the ride with uh, Terry here and <laughs> other wonderful uh, women uh, that uh, wanted to, as Terry mentioned, uh, create an event that had our own uh, Vancouver, Southwest Washington community voice uh, female voice. So, mm-hmm. and um, with less than what two weeks, if that, of yeah, organization time, I said, "Sure, I'm up for the challenge." So I jumped on and and helped what I could uh, to get it uh, put together. So, how many but, people? How many women? Or I should be more than just women. Are there were women and men there, right? So, how many? How many people showed up to the march? Do you give I, or take? I I've heard uh, be- anywhere between seven and eight hundred people. Wow, which is a um, you know it's a good sized march for uh, Vancouver, and then also for um, such short notice organizing. Um, so it was great. It was um, it was a great march full of you know a lot of unity. Yeah, a lot of and it was down at uh, Esther Short. Park. Esther Short yep. Park. Yeah, we marched. Um, from Esther Short Park, we marched down to the waterfront. Mm. We walked along the waterfront, and we came back up Grant Street and back to Esther Short Park. Nice, nice. So, you know what? We actually have uh, one of our uh, KXRW field um, people went out. Reporters. Reporters. That they're, they're people that report things. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. But anyway, we Sorry. have one of our field reporters there you go. go out, Barb Seaman. Okay. And she interviewed some of the people, and so we'd like to play that uh, that recording right now. Great. From Esther Short Park in Vancouver, this is Barb Seaman for KXRW Radio. We're at the Women's March 2020. Women are kind and we are um, compassionate and we are empathetic and we, um, we exhibit all of the things that we would like to see in this society. So we are voting and we are acting to try to bring about a more just um, country and a more uh, just society that we live in. I think that uh, women's rights are so important, especially in our country today. United, we can stand together as women in love and celebrate the differences and the beauty in everyone. And I think there's so much talent that America has and so many gifts in every race and nationality, and we need to begin to celebrate that. What's your sign say? 
I love girls and all genders. I've always been aware of misogyny, but I transitioned five years ago and I became very aware at skin level and in my face about the level of misogyny in this country. And I, that was at the time of Obama. And then Trump came along and misogyny became so visible. And it's so visceral when you're not used to it, when you didn't kind of inoculate yourself against it through lifetime of putting up with it. It's so shocking. I have a 13 year old daughter. I don't want her to grow up in a misogynistic world. Uh, this thing about grabbing women by the is outrageous that that would have happened and that would have been celebrated. Reproductive rights are really important to me because of my daughter and just because of the younger generations. And then in terms of trans rights, we've, we've receded so far back. We've lost so much in the last three years already. And, and it's trans women of color that are suffering the most. And I, I, I can't possibly be quiet in the face of this. It's, this is, we're living through a dystopia and it has to stop. Can you just read to me what your sign says? You bet. It says, love is love. Black lives matter. Climate change is real. Immigrants make America great. Women's rights are human rights, not my president. We need to we need to mobilize, we need to be big, we need to be loud, and I'm doing this for my little babies. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old daughter, and um, I don't like the direction of this country, and I also don't like that people aren't speaking up as much as they should. Were you at the, the original Women's March right after Trump got you know elected? funny? I was not. I think I was in denial. I think I was in shock. And it wasn't until the Muslim ban, maybe, you know, a week or so later, that I really, I realized this is really happening and this is really bad. And I started to get educated. At that time, I didn't even know who our representative was. I didn't know what district I lived in. I got online and I started looking up everything, who, you know, local government, state government, federal government, figuring it all out. And from that moment on, I've just been really activated, I guess. And uh, it's changed my life. What do we do? When human rights are under attack, what do we do? So you're just carrying a flag. Yep, that's it. It's not just Republicans that can be patriots. When science is under attack, what do we do? Tell me about your sign. What does it say? It says women are the real architects of society. Women in this country are the largest voting bloc in this country. And um, women traditionally have not really looked at voting as voting in their best interests. And I think women now in 2020 are doing that. They're going to take their power back. And they're going to start looking at the issues and voting in their best interests and what, what would best uh, affect them and how, and how to make change that they look for. I have a lot of hope when I see women come together like this. For KXRW Radio Vancouver, this is Barb Seaman reporting from the Women's March 2020. And that was Barb Siemens with KXRW, one of our field reporters that actually was attending the uh, Women's March yeah. and did some interviews there. So Terry, can you tell us a little bit about um, the speakers and what actually went on at the Women's March? Um, so we had a rally 
uh, I think we had about 12 speakers, didn't we? Actually, yeah. close to 20. Close to 20 speakers. <laughs> um, the, women, the Women's March has some national sponsors that we invited our local sponsors uh, that have local organizations here, like the um, LULAC, um, the NAACP, uh, NW Cave. Um, did I forget some of some of one of them? No. So Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Mm. And so they spoke. And then we had some, uh, our indigenous community spoke, mm. and they talked about um, uh, the missing and murdered indigenous women in right. Washington, which was really, um, really important issue that needs to be brought out. We had um, somebody speaking, um, a trans woman speaking about a local trans woman that had been murdered. And her mother was on stage. We had um, who, who else did we have? We had a. It was a wide range of. Yeah, of, of yeah we had somebody sp- uh, speak on um, immigrant and refugee uh, mm. justice, um, also climate justice, which wow. is something very so, uh, so critical in these days. So it sounds like this is a wide range of of people. I mean, a wide range of of topics and issues that are kind of converging around. On well, right. that interest women or involve women, right? They they did have some key issues nationally that we were focusing on: um, reproductive rights, mm-hmm. uh, climate justice, immigration rights, and there is another one: uh, racial civil rights, racial uh, civil uh, rights. LGBTQ support, um, mm-hmm. as uh, and then of course uh, disability rights as well. Right. So we had a, a good. Um, Range. We were very intentional about that, mm. and it was beautiful that our speakers and and our volunteers uh, understood those principles. You know that that align uh, to, in the national. But again, we we also it's issues that are coming to all of us women. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the issues they do over they do, they do overlap, right? I mean, it doesn't matter you know what you look like or where you're from or whatever. I mean it. Women's issues are women's issues, so that's it's interesting. So, how how did this all come together? Because Terry, you mentioned it was um, you, you'd mentioned something about it being uh, coming together rather quickly. It did come together. <laughs> so, it did come together rather quickly. This this particular march, um, we will talk to a little bit later, a little bit about when you're talking about overlapping. Mm-hmm, um, one yeah. of the key issues with the women's March organization and one of their, you know, a part of their mission is to talk about intersectional feminism, mm. um, which is um, maybe Carmen can talk a little bit about because that's a, a major point in what and what we focus on and what we do. Yeah. Yes, um, that one is, is something that uh, personally I, I appreciate that the Women's March at the national level um, has made it very um, clear to make sure that is integrated in their principles. And, of course, the affiliate marches throughout the U.S. follow that. And it kind of came um, from um, this uh, black feminist uh, woman, Dr. Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, um, who talked about the, the ways that how, you know, our, particularly our black women, but it also happens with our, our uh, both black and brown women, that um, you know, we we deal with a lot of layers of complex and and overall discrimination on yeah. on areas like in the workplace and our own criminal justice system, mm-hmm. um, education, and um, you know other sectors, right? And this is something that you know the key thing is to ensure that there's advocacy, right? Understanding, right? The 
the um, the shoes that are being walked on mm. from our uh, uh, black and brown sisters, and to make sure you know that they get right the the equitable treatment, the equal treatment, mm-hmm. and and these areas. Healthcare is another big one. Uh, as an advocate myself, I, I hear a lot from um, the community that I work with a lot um, uh, on healthcare barriers alone. Mm. So, and and again, it's not just. Uh, intersectionality has now started with our black women, but now it's not just, it's also to our trans women, folks with women with disabilities, as well as our indigenous uh, women. And and that's something that, again, we're seeing a lot of um, issues going on that we need to ensure that equity and that equal treatment is placed on, on all those women. Well, thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think it's it, the important thing is to understand that that uh, somebody's experience is everybody's experience is different, mm-hmm. and my experience of being, you know, a, oppression as a woman is different from um, a, a black and brown mm-hmm. woman's experience yeah. as oppression as a woman. It's different than. Um, a trans woman it's different so it, it the intersectionality just kind of deals with uh, identifies like the, the lines of intersecting routine den- gender race class abilities sexual orientations and how and how that all uh, changes and on everybody's experience changes yeah and another final thing mm-hmm. if I can add to that is also with all that encompassing it's understanding as individuals that cultural humility um, some, believe it or not, I'm doing a dissertation right now that's kind of tearing apart this, but some, there are actually in that space, they, some of them refer to cultural competency models, mm-hmm. and there's different variations, but I know we're limited on time, but it's again kind of what Terry uh, highlighted already, is to, um, you know, look at all these layers, right? And it's a level of, of uh, empathy, humility, but also turn that into leadership, turning that into advocacy to change. Hmm. So, so we believe that the Women's March is the first time that a women's agenda has been written in an intersectional policy platform. Hmm. So that's why I've, because intersectional feminine. Feminism has been really important to me, and I'm really trying to embrace it and learn as much as I can. Um, that's why I was really drawn to this organization and what they're trying to do. Well, it sounds like to, to, to put something like this together with, with – uh, to organize it. And I don't know. You said – like, go back to my original question. You said it happened rather quickly. Right. So how, how did you bring all these different uh, constituencies, if you will, together, these different groups together to organize this? How, what was your means? Yeah. So I had a lot of help. <laughs> uh, Carmen was a lot of help. And uh, I've do, been do, working in outreach in this community for not near as long as Carmen or as, and everybody as, and other people that were involved. Mm-hmm. But I did know people. So I uh, reached out for their help to get that together. And so if, and it's like social media and, and are you... We we had social media. I mean, we made phone calls, right? We made phone calls. Uh, social media again. I mean, that was uh, there is a Facebook uh, group page that was created. Um, granted, the logistics weren't really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because again, realizing we had to do this um, in in a quick time frame, you know, that kind of stuff. But it was still like a resource place, and right. and as we were pulling things together with our 
um, other organizers and volunteers, mm-hmm. we were then disseminating, right, the logistics info on the Facebook page. But I mean, word, word of mouth, too. I mean, people heard right. and, and uh, would call us. And yeah. women are hungry us. for yes. this. They're yes. hungry for this. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're here with Terry Niles and Carmen McGibbon from the Vancouver Women's March. We'll be right back with more filibusters. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's A-D-C-O, the number one, dot com. KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information is available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com. All right, welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here, along with Terry Niles and Carmen McGibbon, Vancouver Women's March. We're talking about women empowerment today. Yep. And uh, so, so Terry, what what was the uh, instigator here for the Women's March, which started back in 2017 and has uh, has continued to to go over the years? Here, we've been what three years into this now, right? This mm-hmm. is the third, fourth March. So, what started all this? Well, you know, I actually think the Women's March, um, they were actually really shocked at the amount of people that came out that first uh, that first year. And when was um, that again? So- that was in 2017, okay. and anywhere between, their estimate is between 3.3 and 5.3 million women worldwide, worldwide. Came, wow. came, came out. And, yeah. um, and women came out because I think they were, for one thing, they didn't. They just couldn't believe what happened. They were shocked. And they were angry. And they were angry that a narcissistic misogynist was in uh, the White House. And so Trump did um, inspire the Women's March. And so, um, and he continues to inspire women to be leading the resistance. Mm. So the resistance, if you think about the Women's March, it is really the, the, the driver of the resistance that you've seen happen over the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, it has driven women to the polls. It has driven women to run for office. It has driven women to, um, to resist. So when you look around and you look around at organizations like Indivisible and Huddle Groups and this kind of stuff, these women were all inspired by the Women's March and they were going, okay, we're pissed off. And we're going to do something about it. So those are the women that are writing postcards to their senators, that are calling their senators mm-hmm. every day, that are doing it. Those are the women's that, women that stood up and did something about the Republicans trying to dismantle the ACA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was those women making those phone calls every single day and, and re- women really just getting to work. So when this happened, um, when, when we decided to have a Vancouver Women's March, it was very, those same women, those same women that have been part of the resistance. Mm-hmm. And then we even got women that haven't been, but now 
they're seeing 2020 elections mm-hmm. and they want it, their women are ready to take back their power. Women are the largest voting block in this country and they're starting to realize that. So it was very easy to get peop- women very motivated to come out and to speak out. And um, I think that with our local organization and with the Women's March National, we are trying to keep women, continue to keep them motivated. Um, and uh, so we will, we will be doing that, and you'll see a lot of – we'll be having some local um, resistance activities around the women okay. you know, with our Women's March group. It was very easy for me to get on, my, on the Facebook page, 2,200 people within like six days – to join that women wow. that I don't know yeah. women that um, because women just heard about it and then they just started sharing it and they started sharing it with. Yeah. So is this, is this a, this isn't a partisan thing, is it? No, this is a very nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing about the women's March. Cause I'm involved, I'm involved in local par- politics mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. a lot of people know. Um, it is um, even like the national women's March. They ask candidates not to not to come this year, not to do anything. Mm, okay. um, so that we intentionally did not ask candidates to speak. Um, we asked them to show up to mm-hmm. listen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really about community speaking. So uh, that's why we had community members speaking and speaking to candidates. Mm. So um, it isn't. It's it. It's not that it's not political and doesn't think that there's a political mm-hmm. solution for everything, mm-hmm. but we want it to make it about the people and about women, not mm-hmm. about legislators. Or Okay. Yeah. Well, and one of the interesting things that I've seen, and I think we, we talked a little bit this about this offline, is um, in 1982, that was considered the year of the woman. And one of the things that came out of that was the increase of senators uh, women senators from two to six, mm-hmm. and yet um, just in the last couple of years, we had been ta- we were talking about the increase in the number of women in House of Representatives. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, even though you guys aren't one party or another. Just the sheer number of women that got elected into the House of Representatives. I know. I think there's a hundred and two women got elected into the House. Uh, 2018 was was a good good year for women, and I think you're going to see 2020 be be better you know because mm-hmm. women are because um, if you look at what the women's march national mm-hmm. what they called for for this women's march it says we are going to continue we are going to finish what we started and that's what we're going to do and what we what we started was to get trump out of office and in 2020 we're going to finish it so um i don't underestimate the power of women because uh so, like I said, we're going to finish what we started. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that reminds me, John, of the uh, the story that we we so about uh, what, or actually our first radio show, our first radio, our show. first interview. We had Senator Patty Murray on, and we interviewed her. And we normally do trivia with our guests, right? We talked with you guys about that before the show. So, John here comes up with a trivia question, a couple of trivia questions, and and the one question I'll let you go ahead and tell the story, John. But this is cool because. This specifically, this 1992, the year the woman came up, and this was a this it was, was great. Yeah, it was outstanding because the trivia question that I posed to uh, Senator Murray and, and Mike and our other host at the time was, uh, in um, what year did the senator women senators get their own bathroom? <laughs> oh, God. And Isn't that you know, crazy to you, think? It's like you crazy would think to that think, would have yeah. been like. 
you know, <laughs> 70s or something like that. Okay. It, was, it was 1992. Because wow. of the fact, prior to that, the two uh, women senators had to go downstairs and use the uh, women's tourist bathroom. Mm. And then... Well, Women have just been fighting for their basic human rights. I mean, women's exactly. rights are human rights forever. And sometimes I think, you know, Carmen, don't you think that during this march, people, there was the sentiment out there was like, why am I still doing this? Why is the Equal Rights Amendment not passed? Why mm-hmm. is like, you know, why are we still fighting these fights that we thought that we had won? And since the, you know, this administration, we kind of feel that um, our rights have been, are being taken, like, taken away so we're going backwards yeah 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 and then and then senator murray so the kicker to the whole trivia question was no she got the answer right of course because she was there when it happened right but the kicker yeah (laughs) she knew the answer to that when these guys had no clue uh but the funny thing about it was it was was a gimme for the it was a gimme for the guests that's i get it yeah yeah there you go you gotta like you know you gotta like make senator look good i get of course of course (laughs) but the funny thing about it was that she actually came back and told us something that we had no clue of was she's actually in the congressional record as the first uh, women senator to use that new bathroom that they created for her. <laughs> but I mean, it really okay. did put perspective around it. I mean, right. I, 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 until John asked that question, I had no idea. Like, it didn't even dawn mm-hmm. on me that, oh yeah, there isn't, there wasn't, and I mean, and and there were sitting women senator at the time. Exactly, one mm-hmm. or two was it two of them at the time. There was two, two at, at the time. time. Yep, it's, it's insane. So, so, so this entire movement was started pretty much right after the. Um, inauguration of Donald Trump. The day after the election. Day after oh, day after election is when the no day after the inauguration. Yeah, yeah. So that's when the that's when the first women's march right. took place. So going forward, um, the goal of the women's march seems like there's a lot of things going on here for for, for goals of women's march, right? I mean, it's one of them is though is political in the uh, actual removal of Donald Trump from being the president, right, to changing in the administration. That's one of the goals of the, of the march is to bring recognition to that, that we need to have a political a change at the top, if you will. I think that um, I think that they are doing that, and they are doing it, and they're not, those goals are not separated. The politics and the intersectional mm-hmm. feminism mm-hmm. are not separated. Those are, those are, those work in, uh, together. Um, so having women's voices means having women of color's voices, means having indigenous women's voices, means having, you know, um, uh, transgender women's voices. Um, so, so those two things are not two goals, they're together. So understanding your power and um, exercising your power is all-inclusive there. Yeah, and what uh, I uh, value and respect of the women's marches that they are very intentional in creating that um, transformational social change. That's a big push on on mm. their messaging and going grassroots, right? Kind of, you know, we went grassroots in organizing this event, but going beyond doing this every year, hopefully not too long, <laughs> but uh, through different <laughs> outreach and trainings, right, to encourage women um, not only to run for office, right, but there's other opportunities where women uh we have that political power how is that commissions boards right Mm -hmm. neighborhood um organizations um you know that's and and stop the systems of oppression that's that's happening with with all of our women um and and our and also ending the violence that's another one um that one of our national partners for example 
um, brought in mm-hmm. to, to the, this year's uh, Women's March. So that's something I really uh, a value of the organization and 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 just putting in that spirit of showing self-determination, right, of women and, and ensuring that we have that respect and dignity that, that again, we deserve it a long time ago. So <laughs> yep, Definitely. So I think that the march is like, a, it, this was a moment that we were going to set the tone for what this very decisive year is. Mm-hmm. And so this was our moment. It was a year that we were going to say that if Donald Trump is going to be a one-term president, and we're going to decide that if we are, if Americans are going to reject the policies of prejudice and turn to a more enlightened path, mm-hmm. and so that's why women are marching, and that's why we were there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is really, and that's why I was trying to make that distinction. So give you the opportunity to to to, to make that distinction that it's really about policy and and values and yes. empowerment yes. rather than. I mean, while it may have been inspired by an individual getting elected, it's it's not going to go away if that individual is not elected anymore, correct? I mean, this is a movement that's going to continue to be out there and fighting for women's rights. Absolutely, because we're going to take this locally. I mean, there's things that we're fighting for locally that I think are women's issues and that are local politicians and policies that mm-hmm. we, we want to see enacted in our city councils, in our uh, state state governments. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, battle gun... Uh, tax education bills the school board you yeah, know, school yeah. board bills yeah. those are the kind of things that we will be talking about because those are women's issues and so what you what we're saying happens nationally so you know everybody's heard the term like you know think globally but mm-hmm. act locally, locally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this local group is really interested in doing and the one the neat thing about Clark County, about Southwest Washington, is we have a lot of strong women in elected leadership. Oh, I know. And we, I mean, even Washington, I mean, even look at Washington State, right? I mean, our our two senators, uh, and for a while there, we had a a Christine Gregoire as governor, too. But but I think, you know, it's really interesting, you know, with the mayor, the mayor of Vancouver, you know, and we have, and I I don't want to, I don't want to start naming names because I'll probably end up forgetting somebody, but we have a lot of, 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 of very strong women. In, in significant roles in, in the state legislature, at the local level, uh, at the county, you know, really trying to push policy that, and not necessarily just policy for uh, empowering women, but really policy and empowering people in general. And I think we're, we're pretty lucky to have to have that here because I'll tell you, you know, being in the world of electeds, and, and it is, is something that um, we don't see enough of, you know, if, I mean, percentage-wise, you, you'd mentioned this. Right. Women are the majority of right. this country, so if if our elected bodies, elected legislators, elected councils really should at, at minimum minimum be fifty percent right. male, fifty percent female, and we're not there. No, we're not. And so in our boards and our commissions, and actually, you know, to make up some ground, probably more than fifty. You know, because <laughs> I mean, there's years of of just not having the representation. Right, and um, me being, you know, like. Uh, Avid feminist, uh, <laughs> I I do believe that women govern differently. Mm-hmm. The the things that they support and the things that they champion are different, and how they govern. Um, and I think that we need more of that. You know. Yeah. So, so how do you think that the um, Me Too movement played in, into all of this as well? Well, the Me Too movement, and so things like the Me Too movement, and um, and um, that I think kind of kind of the women's march inspired that. 
So in, in, when, when, when people came out in 2017 by the millions and women found their voices, mm-hmm. then, uh, the, then they, were more ins- they were more inspired to talk about that. So the Me Too movement was women coming together and collectively sharing their experiences and being able to share their experiences together mm-hmm. and finding a common ground. And I think what it did is it brought us together and um, you're just going to see more of that. This is Women are, you know... We're a force, and we're 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 a force to be reckoned with, and we are gonna um, we are gonna claim our power back. Well, no, I mean it is it is really interesting to see that the typically or any any time you have a movement of, of people who are getting involved and engaged, and you see sort of some spinoffs, right? Whether the different organizations, different focuses, uh, or they spin off, and, and it may be a completely different thing, but they're supportive because of a common cause if you will right a commonality so well women that's interesting well women have never been more motivated for equality to to bring about equality and justice than they are now i think that this is just this is a moment and it is a movement like you said it is a movement it's it's not something that's going to go away all right well we're going to take a quick break and come back we're here with terry niles and carmen mcgibbon from the vancouver women's march we'll be back with more filibusters in just a second KXRW Community Radio wants to thank our friends and sponsors at Boomerang Therapy Works, where exercise is medicine. At Boomerang, they offer a variety of one-on-one treatment options that can be tailored to your health and wellness. They offer physical therapy, massage therapy, personal trainers, exercise programs, group classes, and specialize in customized Parkinson's treatments. Located in downtown Vancouver, more info available at BoomerangTherapyWorks.com, where exercise is medicine. Big shout out to our friends at Vancouver Pizza Company for supporting KXRW Vancouver. This family-owned pizza restaurant offers 25 specialty pizzas along with fresh salads, hot sandwiches, wings, and their famous breadstick. The spacious dining room is a great place to gather and play board games. Can't come in? Ask for delivery or pickup. Their delivery area also includes our friends in North Portland. Vancouver Pizza Company also specializes in large groups, birthday parties, and catering. More information available at VancouverPizza.net. All right, welcome back to Filibusters with Mike and John. We are here with our guests, Terry Niles and Carmen McGibbon from the Vancouver Women's March. So um, as we're getting ready for the show, I heard some music in here. And uh, I think Terry was uh, sharing some of the music from the from the march. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So what, what, what's, is there like a theme song to the march or theme songs or songs that have that really embody kind of what what this movement's about? Well, the the theme the theme of this march was women rising. And mm-hmm. that was the theme of the national march and that was the theme of our march too. We had a lovely um pastor come and sing a really powerful version of Andrade Day's um hmm. song uh, uh Rise Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name? It's Pastor Danielle. Um uh, Buford, Buford, Danielle Buford, beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful. It was, um, it was really. She did a. Uh, she talked about uh, birthing a movement, <laughs> which was really great. Um, there was I, something. There was something I've heard about this. I know. So. so, so when I was interviewed for by the Columbian, they talked to. I I, I kind of repeated a conversation that I had with her, mm-hmm. and she talked about. Um, we were talking. She was talking about. Um, 
political activism and movements like this are like giving birth. <laughs> and you have to push through the pain and keep pushing through the pain. And though it's painful, in the end, um, you will have something beautiful that you love. And so um, even though we had a... Interesting analogy. Yeah. yeah. So even though, and me as a nurse, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you I, get that. Yeah. I, I really like that. But um, even... but. Even as we were talking about some very serious subjects and mm-hmm. some very uh, during the rally and my uh, the people that were speaking, they would come, they would be, you know, maybe a little nervous before they got up. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that they all said is when they got up on the stage and they looked out at that crowd, there was so much love in that crowd, even though there's a bunch of, you know, <laughs> hate Trump signs. Yeah, well, they, they, they said that the crowd, though, there was so much love towards them. And so it was really, uh, like, everybody involved was very happy, don't you think? No, no. I mean, that's uh, something that uh, we heard from a lot of our speakers and and volunteers. And I was, for example, I was one of the speakers, and um, it it just felt that energy that whatever I said, it was okay. I was in a safe space Mm. there at that moment. So it was pretty pretty, uh, moving. I had a Girl Scout troop come. contact me and wanted to be involved in volunteering and oh. stuff, which was really kind of amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, look at these young women getting civically involved. You know, yeah, and I want to ask you about that because in, in the interview earlier, there was an interview with a, a younger girl that had talked about being involved and being being at the march. Right. So what what is it like to, to see, you, you know, your life experiences and having to deal with what's going on now and maybe somebody maybe doesn't have that same perspective because they're a lot younger and you know, they're 9, 10, 13 years old. What's it like to have them come into this and, and kind of get them to come in and get involved in this? I mean, what does that do to you? Does it energize you? Does it pump you up? Is it? I was really touched. Were you touched? I was super yeah. touched by the, the youth and the different and the diversity mm. in the crowd and how everybody kind of came together and they were rising up for each other. And as the pastor would like the singing and saying, I'll rise up for you, sister, and you, sister, and you, sister, and you, sister. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, what I uh, liked is just to see that relationship, especially mother and daughters, um, mm. you know, being in that space. Uh, it was very um, yeah. powerful. It mm. was very uh, intriguing that, and that, you know, they... They both showed up, moms and, and daughters, uh, to this uh, um, event. And I'm pretty sure, you know, like the younger ones, they had dialogue probably before getting there. But, I mean, for them to carve the time, because parents and, fam- you know, we're busy. Mm-hmm. Families yeah. are busy. And, and to carve that time to bring your children uh, to this was, was really neat to mm. see. And that gives hope right and 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 hopefully you know that the parents continue to integrate their children and in, in some of these spaces you know so they can get um hopefully passionate about mm-hmm. civic engagement and and the we need know, that we need <laughs> yeah. that yeah so and and passionate about being accepting of all peoples that was another uh, mm. big big message and right. and again i mentioned about safe space i think mm-hmm. you know it extended to to those children as well and and it's okay you know we're all unique in our own way but you know here we're okay here we're safe mm. right. here we have support here we big, can yeah. fight together <laughs> it was a very loving event 
You know, one of the things is, I mean, obviously having that generational experience together, um, there are folks that are going to have grandparents and great-grandparents that were actually alive back in 1920 when women got the right to vote, when it was ratified and and implemented. Uh, Maybe um, you guys could talk a little bit about how this being the 100th anniversary Mm -hmm. has played into the movement and uh, the march and also... uh, what experiences people may have shared because of of that? Well, as far as uh, the centennial suffrage, which is coming up in, I think it's August 26th, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the the movement recognizes that that's a very, very important thing to celebrate. We also recognize that the uh, right to vote, though... um, is celebrated that 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 right was only extended to maybe to white women, mm-hmm. and so uh, people's different. Inter- if you think about intersectional feminism, people's uh, every other women have different experiences, and so though we we are going to embrace that and and um, and celebrate it, we it's I think it's always important to acknowledge the mistakes of our past and you and then move forward, and um, I think that Carmen has. Yeah, that um, is something I, you know, growing up, I read, I was taught right in in our U.S. history um, about the women's uh, suffrage. And and, uh, but I kind of at times saw it as an irony. Why? Because, you know, I'm a a Latina. And, you know, at that time, my uh, community was not allowed to vote. They were barred as, you know, from going to the ballot at that time. Granted, Uh I was not born during that era. (laughs) Thankfully, but um, <laughs> but I mean I can't imagine you know and and um, you know not only just Latinos it was you know Asian Americans uh, right. our our black communities uh, our indigenous communities that um, had had the ability to become you know voters and and they were not at the time and that's something that um, we need to be conscious of not, of, of that and and. Uh, and and again, unfortunately, today we've seen uh, in different um, you know uh, cities across the country that there's still a level of oppressing that vote. Um, uh, just heard a story. Uh, I think it was yesterday um, in my home state, <laughs> Arizona, um, that they um, they went to the court and they found proof of evidence that there was uh, suppression in in the voting system from um, in d- different precincts and stuff. Mm. So that's something, you know, again, 2019, <laughs> uh, 2020, it's, it's still happening. So that's just something that um, I um, know that the Women's March organization, both our local and national, is uh, very in tune with that. Right. And, and, and again, in their principles and their mission, want to make sure that we we don't do this i mean we have this uh continue to happen right in our and especially in our local communities right because a lot of our um policies and stuff impact in the the local level or stem from the local level well yeah absolutely i mean i think you do need to it does need to have that voice and having an organization such as the women's march be able to give that to uh those folks is is awesome well the fact that you uh, Terry, you mentioned that there's a recognition being being had that that there's a celebration, but it's not total celebration, right? Because I mean, the, the, right. the it, it we 1920 didn't mark the end of. Oh, I know, and yeah. 
And and I think that you know as we see these things happening across the country with the you know voter suppression um, and certain communities being targeted mm-hmm. and their vote suppressed, um, it's important to talk about what happened in the past and then highlight what's happening now. And I think um, um, and I think that and, and I think that will happen on on a women's suffrage day too as well. You know that there's going to be um, celebrations. We're talking within our organizations about being being involved with that, and um, so we'll let you know what happens with that. <laughs> that was my next question. So we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll let, let me know. Okay, but but uh, well, in the meantime, uh, you know, you had the, the march here just 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 happened recently. It did. So what do you have any other events coming up at this point at all that are planned? Uh, so, kind of keep the momentum going here, if you will, uh, through 2020. So right now, we're going to have another organizers meeting, and we're going to talk about it. But I have talked a little bit about what uh, we have talked a little bit about it. So right now, we're using our platform to elevate the voices of the people that are our national sponsors. So um, like the NAACP, Mm -hmm. um, they have Black History Month this month. Mm, And so we we uh, we pushed out to all of our members that, Mm. um, you know, to go to the library and support them Mm -hmm. um, in their event there um lulac and uh, nw cave and so we're gonna so as we could you tell folks a little bit about what nw cave is oh <laughs> i think that <laughs> then that should be me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no pressure um it's uh, nw cave uh, it is a national partner the women's march it is an acronym standing for the national women's uh, coalition against violence and exploitation they are based here in vancouver um, they've been uh, for about 10 years, just over 10 years now. And, and their big mantra was, is also one of the principles of the Women's March is to end um, violence against women. So that's a, a big one. And they were um, uh, initially involved in, in one of the local cases uh, um, with our, um, uh, that involved a trans community member uh, uh, recently, as mm-hmm, you all mm-hmm. heard in the news, so yeah. they were initially involved in that case. Um, but anyhow, that's um, um, what it stands for. And and again, uh, I did at one point disclosure served on their board for a couple of years. And wonderful group here. Well, that's what the other thing I was going to say for full <laughs> for full disclosure. NWK was uh, one of the founding sponsors for KXRW. But no, yes, you're um, right. I don't think that. I mean. Most people may not know what NWK is versus like Planned Parenthood or NAACP. So I just wanted folks to to know that. So thank you for sharing that. So so right now, because we're such a new group, we're only like three weeks old, um, like officially. So we, yeah, so we are (laughs) organizing. um, But uh, the Women's March National has not stopped. Mm -hmm. Like they have 10 days of action right now, and it's all about um, getting. Trump impeached. <laughs> so uh, I pushed out. They sent me an mm-hmm. action uh, request, and I pushed that out to my members. And there's uh, asking for some phone calls and stuff. It's the resistance, and we are part of that. We are part of that resistance. And and so I want to ask a question then along those lines. And I know we are a political show, so I will ask a political question, a little political here. Okay. So have you come across people, women, who who supported Trump? Have you come across women in your in your everyday? life that you talk to that you know for a fact supported Trump and have you had conversations with them about that or do you do you not go there <laughs> for me personally yeah. you ask me personally personally yeah oh, okay. just curious just curious so we do live in um 
you know, I live in the 17th legislative district. I think that went and I think that went to Trump. Yeah. And um, so I do um, have ran into women that that support that supported Trump. Um, and and even when I've um, canvassed and done those kind of political things, I've run into people that supported Trump. Mm-hmm. The thing that really gives me hope is the people that I when I canvass now that supported Trump are not supporting Trump anymore. Uh, a lot of those people were really disenfranchised and just felt uh, they needed something like really changed. Yeah, yeah. But but Trump has not done anything for them personally. A little buyer's remorse at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, um, so I have talked to them. And okay. I do, um, you know, 54% of white women voted for President Trump, yeah. you know. And so that's something that we need to acknowledge too, going, okay, have you not... Um, looked at with the effect that that has on yeah. your black and brown sisters you know and what that would do well those numbers so, have flipped i've seen some recent polling where i, I think it's near 60 percent of women are not supportive of trump right so so, so that's that's flipped a bit you know, and that's and again you know with women being i won't say it's the empowerment movement here the resistance movement as it's grown and continued to grow it'll be interesting to see how that all plays into the politics now it obviously had an effect in 2018 where we saw a wave of women, new women elected, newly elected to Congress. We've seen you know, local legislators. We've seen that happen. So I'm kind of curious how that'll play out moving well, and forward. It'll, and well, it also plays well on the the national level. I mean, look at the the sheer number of presidential candidates we've had in the Democratic Party mm-hmm. up on stage debating well, uh, yeah. debating the issues. Right, and I think women are seeing what they've lost in this administration, and mm-hmm. they and what they've you know women's rights that they've lost and so i think that they're you know they they're they want to fight to for their survival and their dignity and Mm -hmm. you know you watch donald trump and his cronies every day they're morally bankrupt they're going more brazen in their lawbreaking and when you're watching this uh evidence of their corruption uh daily in this impeachment proceedings Mm -hmm. um it's kind of hard to ignore so i think that you know some people may not be as vocal about it, but I think it has to be going through everyone's mind. Politics is in, has intruded, or has it affected every aspect of our lives? It always has, but we're so recogni- we recognize that so much more now than I've ever in my entire lifetime noticed. And, and I think it's um, it's interesting because I, I don't I don't know what to take of that. We have a political show here, and it's like you don't know what to make of it, right? Everything's so political. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? But what's great with what, what the work you guys are doing is that we're not polarized. Exactly, we, are, yeah. we are focused. Exactly. We are focused. We are, um, you know, we are, we want to see a more just country. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, like I said, women are more, don't you think they're more empowered than ever? They want to see equality. They want to see uh, justice and they want to, um, and we don't have that polarization, I don't think. No. Which is and probably, even, even after their event, I mean, there's, uh, there's still activity. There's still things, conversations happening in that um, Facebook uh, group page, and and there's actions happening. Right. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, can you let the listeners know where they can find you on Facebook and how they can contact your organization, maybe outside of that as well? Okay. Uh, the Facebook page is is it Vancouver? It's Women's March Vancouver 2020. Okay. And um, it's a great page. Um, we it state it, we're really focused on uh, women's actions, women's um, you know things that are happening. Like I said, I to, I posted an, an action from the national 
organization acting asking people to i think the action today was to call there there was eight senators they wanted them to call to see mm-hmm. if um, to ask them to allow uh, witnesses mm-hmm. and ev- and evidence in the impeachment trial. So um, the Women's March is going to stay active. We are going to make sure Donald Trump is a one-term president um, at best, if we don't get him thrown out right now. But uh, it is <laughs> we are active and we're going. Outside of Facebook, is there any other uh, contact or is just base- basically the social media at this point? We are working on, on that right now. We're okay, only cool. three weeks. Email we're thinking... Address. I do have emails, and we do have a Gmail. Oh, yeah, a Gmail address. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. It's it's spelled out, Women's March Vancouver WA at Gmail. Gmail. Yeah. Okay. And then we're working on getting, um, we're going to, once we organize, get a little going, we'll get a MailChimp account going, and we'll we'll try to get a little bit more organized as an organization, because we're so new. Awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of great work in such a short period of time. So yeah, absolutely. So um, we need to wrap it up. But but thank you so much, uh, Terry and Carmen, for being here with us today and 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 taking us through this experience and sharing this information. And I think it was really interesting. And I our listeners are I'm sure going to be appreciative of it. And hopefully get some new Facebook follows and you get more women out at your next uh, whatever the next event may be. Yep. And we appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah, really thank do. you. Awesome. Thank you. So from all of us at Filibusters, we'll catch you later. Take care. Bye.